Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. You usually hear from him on Limerick Today on Mondays and Fridays, but we have to check in with our soccer correspondent, Micah Hearn, this morning because it's a story, whether you're interested in sport or not, that you'll have heard about. And that is the beginnings and the endings of the European Super Soccer League project, all within 72 hours in the most shambolic of uh, manners. Uh, Good morning to you, Mike. Morning, Joe. What a disaster. The egg on the faces of these major soccer clubs around uh, Europe and the people who run them this morning is amazing. Yeah, and I suppose if you look at the pitiful video that John Henry, the owner of Liverpool, has released in the last couple of hours, it just goes to show that they're all now bowing to the fans and putting up their hands saying they made a catastrophic mistake uh, in forwarding the plans for the European Super League. It's not dead in the water yet, according to the organisers. They still believe they have some support, but the understanding is that after the six English clubs withdrew last night, Inter Milan and Atletico Madrid, both on course to win their respective titles in Italy and Spain, will follow this afternoon. And then surely, Joe, you can rip up uh, the pieces of paper and there'll be nothing but shreds of paper by later this afternoon. But I suppose, look, it shows how social media and the mainstream media have responded very quickly to the game that was being put in danger by vicious and hungry owners who just saw the dollar signs and the euro signs. And look, the fans have won this one quite clearly. And how did they all get this so catastrophically wrong in these football clubs? I, I think I think they're so detached, Joe. I think they only see money. They only see the corporate side of football. They don't see the true values. But when you see the players come out in the last 24 and 48 hours, knowing that all that they've dreamed about throughout their lives and winning European Cups and European Leagues and, of course, World Cups, all that was being put in jeopardy because the sanctions that were threatened by UEFA and FIFA even proposed that players wouldn't be allowed to play international football. So when the players and managers like Jurgen Klopp and so on came out and spoke that this was a catastrophic decision for football, then they had to listen because they need the support of all these people. The players have to play for the club and all go in the one direction for a club to be successful, similarly with the manager and the backroom team. And I just think that it was 12 chairmen who went into a nice, big, lovely, luxurious boardroom and they started looking at all the money that they were going to get for their club and they saw profit, but they never thought about the fans. And it's so interesting now that they're coming out to say that, you know, they're so sorry to the fans, but they never involved the fans in the process from the beginning. I mean, surely this should have been more muted. It should have been brought out by clubs, you know, do their survey monkeys, do whatever temperature checks they want with their supporters to see if this was even viable to get off the ground. Uh, They didn't do that. They decided it amongst themselves. And I think when you see the high-level people that have been involved in this decision, and then so quickly that managers and players have disassociated themselves from those decisions, I think there's a lot of boardrooms in those big 12 clubs this morning that will be fearing what's coming next because they they definitely don't have the support of their managers and players now. Yeah, What's really fascinating, and you know this well, is that around things like the Champions League, um, the uh, authorities have been appeasing these big clubs for years and years, the likes of Real Madrid and Barcelona and United and Liverpool and all these clubs, uh, because they kept threatening, well, if you don't give us more access, more money and more 
control over the Champions League, we'll clear off and set up our own European Super League. Now, sometimes the threat of that is worth more. But now, they won't be able to try this again for decades, which probably means that the football authorities are going to start getting tougher with these clubs. Absolutely. You've seen how UEFA and FIFA have reacted. They were being threatened as well, Joe, and they've very firmly said that they're the ones that govern football and they've put the clubs now back in their place. And I think the shift of power, you're dead right, has returned to UEFA and FIFA where the clubs would have felt that they had it. I saw an interesting article yesterday. I mean, you look at the 12 clubs, they had 7.4 billion euro of debt between them. Um, I, or I should say seven, seven billion uh, of debt uh, amongst the clubs at the moment for this year alone. But I think it goes into seven hundred billion overall. All these clubs are are not, you know, viable, and and yet they ter- tend to portray themselves as these superpowers. They they run themselves off debt, and they hope then that the supporters and you know the the fans uh, from particularly the Asian markets and so on will fund what they're doing. So the power has de- very definitely swung, and you 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 have to worry at the end of this season because the COVID money that had been sent on through UEFA and FIFA that's not guaranteed beyond uh, this summer, and you know we're not guaranteed fans back in stadiums next year. So have the clubs now you know, bitten off too much here. And when they go to put their hand out for their grant money next year and for their funding, will UEFA and FIFA be so forgiving and will they give them as much as they have? Yeah. I think they've really shot themselves in the arm. Absolutely. And I mean, you made the point during the week that, you know, you're a big fan of German football. The German big clubs like Bayern Munich didn't go near this. I'll probably have more sympathy for German clubs than I ever did before, I have to say, on, on all of it uh, now. But hilariously, we've probably gone from a point where all these boards and uh, chairmen and chairwomen were desperate to get uh, the uh, fans back to a point that they'll probably be happy to wait another few months to see if this cools down because the reaction they get when they have a full stadium again is probably going to be horrendous in a lot of these super clubs. And it will be, Joe. And look, even though they rely very much on even you know Irish supporters going over to the UK for games at the weekends, I mean, it's not entirely UK-based support to fill the stadiums. You see the protests that have taken place outside those stadiums in the last number of days. I mean, the fans' voice is now very firmly being heard. And I suppose we always associate the ultras as the hardcore supporters of clubs. But this has gone far beyond the ultras of any club. And, you know, they've certainly made their voices heard. You could see people burning their jerseys, burning their season tickets. Um, It's going to take a while to repair this one. And I'm not sure the clubs have the power at the moment to do that. And the big worry now is when you see the likes of Ed Woodward gone from Manchester United, which many fans will see as a win-win and they'll want the Glazers to follow. You'd wonder how many more of these chairmen are in a precarious position because they've put themselves and their greed ahead of the fans. And there'll be a backlash, particularly when results, as you know, don't go right. Okay, excellent. Listen, thank you very much for talking to us. Live 95 soccer correspondent Mike Ahern there. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more.